How much is a chunk of Beeper's puke worth on eBay? Why don't men still visit in the night to bring me milk tray? Now, last week we asked you for your tales of your most memorable birthdays. Amusingly, the ones we have had in this uh, bit of light-hearted feedback we like to do at the top of the show all revolve around death. (laughs) 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 This This is a corker. It's from Valerie from Austin in Texas, who says... I woke up early, excited for my birthday, and found my dog dead in the living room. That's real National Lampoon stuff. How old were you? Did your parents pretend the dog was still alive so as not to ruin your birthday? Well, she was still at school, because she says, This one is especially memorable because my birthday falls on Christmas break from school, and when we got back to school, the teacher asked us to draw something from our vacation. Oh, good. Uh, I decided to draw this experience, and those pictures and descriptions were hung up for Parents' Day. All the other pictures were of building snowmen. Death was uh, slightly further away uh, for Catherine in Newcastle who says on her 18th birthday Michael Jackson died oh and my granddad pissed his pants in a restaurant both of which brought me close to tears <laughs> goodness that would be memorable maybe he was just crying for Michael Jackson from every orifice <laughs> also last week we talked about matters of sharing a bedroom an anonymous girl has been in touch to say I recently started living with my fiancé according to my fiancé I have an issue with snoring oh good I like it when girls can talk openly about having snoring issues well it's not open because she uh, hid her own name she's chosen to be anonymous since he is the lightest sleeper on the entire planet I've had to start sleeping in the spare bedroom so he won't be tired at work Mm. he insists that I only think it's weird because Hollywood and pop culture have convinced me that it is so Ollie answer me this is it weird for a couple to be sleeping in separate beds nay separate rooms yeah if it's like this now when she's only just moved in Mm. it's not gonna get better unless she fixes it now i mean it's not like they're gonna reach 10 years married and suddenly move in together are they unless they have to get a smaller place with only one bedroom yeah then they'll probably make you sleep outside for the health of the relationship you need to show your partner that you're taking steps to stop snoring and your partner needs to show that he's learning to tolerate it Mm. move back into the bedroom yeah otherwise why do you bother moving in in the well, first well, place so you could share a kitchen actually in lots of cultures people do just have separate beds the whole way through the marriage yeah and about once a year in women's magazines there'll be an article going oh separate bedrooms beneficial. is amazing yeah but I they think always say that about tim burton and helena bonham carter how their lifestyles are separate houses yet yeah, no one else can afford that and so also what's the point those people are both crazy yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. but i think um i think you're miss- missing out a bit aren't you can't imagine what you mean helen i suppose it's uh, an intimacy thing falling asleep and waking up together yeah although i think in europe it's very common in mainland europe i mean for for um even married couples to have two single beds pushed together worst of both worlds yeah it's not the same as a double bed one of you can fall down the crevice in the middle exactly right. one of you not can will one of you will fall down the crevice on a nightly basis where's the fun in that survival of the fittest <laughs> Back in the day, though, when um, yeah, very conservative couples did have separate beds, mm. actually, how did the mechanics work? Like, when you wanted to have sex, for the, for the purposes of procreation, obviously, and for no other reason, mm. where, where did you do it? Did you just well, do it in a single bed? The man would uh, form a bridge across the gap between the twin <laughs> beds, and the woman would sort of straddle him oh, right. over the, uh, the chasm between the beds. Yes. So it's actually quite racy. How did you have a threesome back in the day? <laughs> I suppose you'd have to have one person standing either side. Basic, the basic standard. You'd have to bring in a camp bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and in whose bedside table did they keep the fluffy handcuffs? Yes. <laughs> These are the questions I'm always asking when I watch I Love Lucy. Hi, this is Alex and Alex from Aberdeen. We're kind of drunk right now, and I'm dressed yeah. like Thor from the Avengers and Thor. 
and we just got turned away from the casino because I'm dressed like a superhero with a giant hammer. We want to know why casinos have dress codes at 2 o'clock in the morning when you're obviously so drunk that you're going to gamble away shit heaps of money and spend even more money on alcohol. I'd imagine that casinos don't allow obvious weaponry in and he's got a giant hammer. Yeah, but he's obviously got a joke giant hammer, hasn't he? Maybe he thinks it's a joke, but maybe it's not obvious to the bouncer that it is a joke. But anyway, the whole point of a dress code is that um, it's kind of a case-by-case basis excuse for the bouncer to say you can't come in. Mm. I bet if you were from, you know, the Arctic Monkeys or whatever the kids listen to these days... You could come in wearing the fancy dress costume of your choice. You know how bars aren't supposed to serve obviously very drunk people. Is there some rule for casinos that you can't let very drunk people gamble? Or you can't let people who are bad at maths gamble. It, well, it's neither <laughs> of those things. But there is a rule about gambling addicts, yeah. If someone, ah, I, I don't know really? how they judge that. But, you know, if someone has an obvious problem, if they're in, literally in the process of mortgaging their house in the casino, then you're supposed to take an ethical decision. If they're shoving poker chips into their veins. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all quite um, self-regulation. So I don't know how effective that is. It must also depend upon the sorts of clientele and atmosphere the casino is hoping to uh, cultivate. Although, uh, you know, I've been to Vegas and I'd like some of those casinos to have dress codes. And they don't. I mean, you've got people walking around in tracksuits. It actually ruins it. The Rat Pack wouldn't wear a tracksuit. Exactly. Maybe, maybe a polo shirt whilst playing golf. But even then, I think it would probably have spats with it or something. They even had bow ties on when they were standing on the strip watching the nuclear tests in the distance. (laughs) I had a dress code related nightmare this week, Helen. It was my friend Nick's fiance Lucy. It was her 30th. And he was on holiday and forgot to invite us. (laughs) And then just texted me and said, oh, by the way, it's Lucy's 30th on Saturday. Do you want to come along? What it is to be loved. Um, (laughs) And we were like, okay, sure. Yeah, we'd love to come along. Both myself and my girlfriend went to work on Saturday thinking afterwards we'll drop by this bar in Clerkenwell and go to the party. And then he sends me an email at 2pm saying, oh, here's the invitation, sorry, meant to send it to you last week. And it's a 1920s themed party. What? You can't even wear your Napoleon coat that you bought from the costume shop to that. (laughs) And then I'm in a dilemma because I think, okay, my girlfriend doesn't know that it's a theme party. I know that if I call her and tell her that it's a themed party and I know she's gone to work wearing an army jacket (laughs) and sparkly shoes. in the 20s. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I know that if I tell her it's a theme party, she's going to say, right, well, I'm not going. I'm not going. And I, I want to go. I want to go to the party. So then I'm like, well, do I tell her there's a theme or not? What do I do? Well, you go to the shop and buy her a flapper dress. Yeah, well, my mum suggested, oh, I've got a 20s dress, and then brought out this really heavy, like, sparkly (laughs) thing that probably costs, like, 300 quid. (laughs) And I was like, I can't give that to her because it's not going to fit her and it'll be the wrong size. And then they brought out one of those schmutters you put in your hair, you know, with the feather coming out of it. And they were like, oh, just wear that. She's like, I can't wear wear that with an army jacket and jeans. This isn't going to work. So I had to tell her. And what did she say? Was she livid? Actually, what she said was, well, let's not make any effort at all. Because to make a half effort is crap. Go big or go home. But exactly. You could have come as the 2020s because probably people will still be wearing <laughs> roughly the same kind of clothes in hey, eight years. that would have been a good response, actually. I didn't think of that. Always think laterally. Yeah, because we're so ahead of the curve. Uh-huh. We're the 2020s. Yep. So we went and it was kind of embarrassing because also the, the, the invitation said, dress code, a hint of 20s glamour. 
So I thought, well, okay, maybe people will just be wearing like a scarf or something. People were wearing full on 20, like it looked like Dick Tracy in there. Kind of hint is that. Yeah, exactly. Like if you gave someone that level of a hint about what you're getting them for their birthday present, (laughs) they'd be very disappointed to know. Yeah. If anything, I think we have a hint of 20s glamour just by being there. Yeah. Everywhere you go is like a speakeasy. We're kind of like the modern day Bentley boys, me and my girlfriend. Yeah. Couldn't your dad have just lent you one of his vintage Bentleys? You could have rocked up in that. (laughs) That would have been cool, actually. That would have been quite amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't think of that. But you would have had to wear it for the entire party. Yeah, and not drink all night because I'd be driving a 90-year-old car home. Yeah, but they all live very racily then. Yeah, car crash on the A41, a hint of 20s glamour. I've got a question. Email your question to answer me this podcast at googlemail.com 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 Verily, it is a question from Verity. She says... <laughs> bet Helen... she gets that all the time. <laughs> yeah, I bet she does. Oh, oh, the Verily jokes must make being Verity in the playground tough as. Uh, Helen, answer me this. Please polite this uh, Verity I'd expect someone called Verity to be polite I don't know why Uh, in a couple of weeks I'm obliged to attend a very dear friend's baby shower Mm. Mm. yes I want to make that cynical noise too Helen but I'm not Mm. sure why perhaps that's the very reaction we'll be examining over the course of this question and answer Mm. she continues it's being organised by the mum to be's sister-in-law who is rather comfortably off shall we say she's got a nice armchair has she (laughs) Uh, we've just been provided with a short list of desirable gifts i want to make that noise again Mm. Mm. um some of which are over the 40 pound mark which i know a few of the attendees will happily be able to afford but seems to me and my buddies to be a little ott not to mention competitive friendish and by the time the child's born this woman will be so tired and harried that she won't even care everything will be covered in puke doesn't matter whether it costs 40 pounds or four pounds she says also this verity that maybe it's inappropriate to buy gifts preemptively. That's a very Jewish attitude, isn't it? Because Jews are very superstitious about an unborn child and they don't like to uh, buy gifts or even set up a nursery until the child is out. I didn't know that was a Jewish thing, but I'm instinctively uh, nervous about buying birthday presents with more <laughs> in than... Case people die. In case people die, yeah. Wow. You know, you see something that's perfect for them, I wouldn't buy it and keep it in the cupboard. I'd I wouldn't because I'm just not well organised enough. <laughs> I'm superstitious about becoming that level of adult. Plus, says Verity, we're bloody well British. How bloody bet you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the whole wanky baby shower tradition is yanktastic. Yeah. So, uh, Helen answered me this. Do I buy the unaffordable Prezi, which I know the Preggers pal won't expect just to keep up with the rich city folk? No, because that's no. obviously not your priority to exactly. keep up with the rich city twats. Well, if the friend isn't even expecting it, then what's the point? Or do I just go to Primark and suffer the snooty mares? Or you could get a present, not for the baby, because the baby will be well provided for by these uh, dreadful sounding women, but get a present for your friend. For the parents, yeah. Get her a massage or something, because it sounds like the latter stages of pregnancy are unbelievably uncomfortable. Yes. Or pedicure or some shit like that, that apparently heavily pregnant women enjoy because uh, they can't see their feet anymore. (laughs) And I think when it comes to things like baby clothes... um, quantity is probably more useful than quality because they shit through about 10 outfits every day 
I'm actually surprised that I've, I've never been to a baby shower, so Nor I don't know how it works. And they of course, why on earth would I look awful. this up? I'm not interested. But I always assumed that actually the presents were kind of for the parents, not for the baby. It's no. the tradition that you actually go with things for the baby that hasn't been born. Well, I don't know because I've not been to one either. I was invited to one for my sister-in-law Miranda, organised by her other sister-in-law Shona. And Miranda clearly didn't really want to have a baby shower and I thought she's going to get out of this somehow. And she did by giving birth early. <laughs> because Miranda said baby showers are dreadful and you have to play games like they put a mashed up chocolate bar in a nappy and you have to guess what it is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. Don't go to this party, Verity. It's going to be terrible. Sounds really scatty. Yeah. But also when you're pregnant, you just don't want fun. Do you? Don't you just want to be at home with your feet up watching Morse? Isn't that it? That's what I want all the time. The last thing you want is people <laughs> round at your house giving you presents for an unborn child, Again, surely. all these things are things that suit me well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not getting presents for an unborn child, watching Morse, <laughs> putting my feet up. <laughs> you buy for 7.99 on itunes that seems worth it kesha's new lp churchill's biography or an app that does jack shit for the same sum you can get all the fun of five hours of our old stuff we're selling the first three years of answer me this in itunes most of it is good just a little bit is guff go to answer me this podcast.com slash classic and click the link and with your money we'll swaddle ourselves in nothing but the Finest mink and gold shoes and diamond hats but normal pants. Right, well, it's that time of the show where we stop the recording for a second, Martin gets a beer out of the fridge, and Helen recalls an Ace of Base song from 20 years ago that I'd completely forgotten about. And Martin changed the light bulb. (laughs) All go. The magic behind the scenes here at AMT Towers. What did you get done in that (laughs) 30-second jingle break, (laughs) listeners? Nothing! Um, But then we press record again, and we tell you that it's time we take one of your questions from our question line, the number for which is... And usually I would also tell you to Skype answer me this, but we discovered that we have not actually been receiving any Skype messages since July. <laughs> so basically, if you called us since July, we've got the we've calls. Got that, but but not if you Skyped us, it, nothing. We haven't got it, sorry. And I've spent the last two weeks trying to fix this problem, listeners, doing things with XML and other things <laughs> that I don't understand. All they keep doing is saying Try turning it off and on again. (laughs) That classic, classic technical engineering term. And here is a call that did make it through. No thanks to Skype. (laughs) It's Emily from Exeter. Hello, Molly. Answer me this. I've just started moving up to full time in an office that a lot of people use. And so I've started making use of the tea room and I put my soy milk in the fridge. Now, I saw lots of post-it notes in this fridge saying such things as, stop taking my sugar cubes and you've drank my tea, you heathens. And I thought, how ridiculous. I don't begrudge anyone a tea bag. But then I found out that people have been drinking my soy milk. Now, that shit's quite expensive. And it riled me a bit. And so I kind of want to get my own back. But I refuse to be one of those idiot people that makes a sign to put in the kitchen about cleaning fairies and how dare you leave a teaspoon out. So, Helen and Ollie, would it be wrong to load my soya milk carton up with laxatives to diarrhoea out the culprits? If you do that, what are you going to put in your tea? Are you going to have the laxative milk or are you going to buy a fridge 
secrete it somewhere in the office in disguise, make it look like a shredder or something, yeah. and keep your unadulterated soy milk. Just do what the office does. What you've done is you've come to this environment and you've said, oh, everyone's being really juvenile and immature and I don't understand why they're putting labels on things saying it's theirs. But now you effectively want to do that, but through exactly. a different means. Exactly. You just You're- Basically, you hate your own instinct to do this. Yes. You started with this position against people who do a thing, and now you hate the element of yourself that wants to do that thing. But you know that the most sensible thing really to do would be to label your milk and say, actually, this is soy milk, it's for me. I don't think it's a good idea to put laxative in it because I just don't think it's going to put people off using your milk. So you're still effectively going to be buying soy milk and laxatives for <laughs> an indefinite amount of time. You mean they won't trace yeah. the shits to the milk? They'll think, well, it's probably not the soy milk. I mean, what's in soy milk that's going to give me the raging blots? Yeah. Also, a laxative in a work-based environment, even if it's not affecting you directly, you are a secondary source. And also, you may be sharing a lavatory with exactly. victims. <laughs> exactly. You're making things less pleasant for yourself as much as anything else. Just train yourself not to take milk. Get rid of the problem entirely through avoidance. I actually think you're complicating the issue as well, though, uh, Emily, by the fact that you're having soya milk, that you're introducing what is, in a, in a budget category, a luxury product. Mm. Um, because... Someone who doesn't care whether they're drinking soya milk or cow milk is just going to think, oh, there's some milk. And that's kind of your fault. I mean, you're choosing, I I appreciate maybe for health reasons or allergies or whatever, but you are choosing to have that luxury product. Rather than no milk. Maybe send out a breezy email that everyone really knew is passive aggressive saying, (laughs) I see that everyone's been enjoying my soy milk. If you let me know if you'd like soy milk, maybe we can club together and make sure there's always a supply of soy milk in the fridge. Yeah, that's good, yeah. Guys, hey vegans, guys. Yeah. Hi, Helen and Ollie. It's Hermione from Straven. Please, answer me this. Why are butterflies called butterflies? It just doesn't make any sense. Well, I read one great uh, suggestion, which really doesn't make any sense, Hermione, as you said, which is that um, they thought butterflies were tiny little winged witches that used to steal the butter. But where, where does the witches come in the etymology of butterfly? It's a fly that goes, is attracted to butter. It's yeah. a butterfly. The witches aren't in the word. No, so the that's still... behind the word. So what I'm saying is that there's still something in that, is there not? Well, they're a bit unclear, uh, but the most compelling explanation I've read is that the butterfly's excrement is somewhat the colour of butter. Oh! Nice! What a lovely way to put it! Oh. But actually, babies kind of do have poo the colour of butter, they? do, they? until yeah. you start feeding them normal food rather than just milk. Yeah, or that kind of Norwegian brown cheese, that's the colour it is. <laughs> I'll tell you what's spooky... Uh, ghosts. Yeah. Ghost babies. No. And their poos. Their ghost poos. Drawers full of dead butterflies. When you see, you know, when people collect dead butterflies. Well, that's creepy when you put it in the context of the fact that virtually all clothes aimed at tiny female children are covered in butterflies. Yes. I mean, are they trying to make them into entomologists? I just don't know. I analysed, why does this freak me out? If you think about it, you're never surrounded by a thousand dead corpses of anything in your day-to-day life. Well, maybe if you're in a cemetery. They're not on display, are they, like that? Hair lice. The point is, if it was a thousand dead crows in a drawer, that would be creepier. That would definitely stop people stealing your soy milk, though. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, I'm Wombles and Katie Mellower creator Mike Bat. And if I don't meet up with Zoe Ball and Wicket the Ewok every week to listen to Answer Me This, well, it's just not cricket. Here's a question from Jennifer in Cheshire who says, Ollie, answer me this. Who walked Queen Victoria down the aisle? Her father was dead. She didn't have many male relations. And she was the Queen. And Queen Victoria had to propose... So really, no one was giving her away. She had to propose to Prince Albert. Yeah. I didn't know that. I suppose because she's queen of 
the biggest empire the world has ever seen. Yeah, that's royal protocol. Yeah, so she's not going to sit around going, oh, will he ask me today? Yeah, exactly. Do you think she would have uh, had the uh, technology existed at the time, done a novelty YouTube proposal video? <laughs> yeah, doing a lip dub of I Got a Feeling. All the way down the mall. Um, <laughs> the answer to the question is that no one gave Queen Victoria away for exactly the reasons that Jennifer and Cheshire points out. No one needs to. No one gave me away. Martin and I walked in together. Yeah, well, that was that was different, though, because that was a progressive statement. In, in these days, nonetheless, there's a very strict hierarchy. We are talking literally about a Victorian wedding. What are you saying about mine? Um, I'm saying that you're, you're living the modern, progressive, hippie-inspired yeah. dream. And my dad walks too slowly. <laughs> but in Victoria's case, uh, it was still very hierarchical. Um, Albert did come in after her, interestingly. He wanted to have a look at Victoria's bottom as she walked up the aisle. Most likely. Yeah. She was the pipper of her day. And she did have an incredible bustle on, no doubt. She's only got uh, three years on uh, Queen Elizabeth II now. Ooh. Three years and QE2 becomes the longest reigning monarch ever. I reckon she'll make it. I think she'll make it too. I'm not so sure about Philip, not to be unkind. He's very old. He's, he's, that mm. bladder of his. Yeah. Oof. It's all our fault, isn't it, for making him stand on the boat? It's not my fault. I never told him to do that. <laughs> I didn't even know that procession was happening till like the week before. And I would have said, sit down. He, huh? wouldn't, he wouldn't have listened to you anyway. Because you're a woman have. and you're yeah. from an ethnic minority. <laughs> <laughs> I don't take health advice from jujus. <laughs> uh, well, time for a question from Rachel, who says, Helen answered me this. What does the K stand for in special K? Ketamine. <laughs> is that the secret ingredient? That's what they call uh, ketamine in, in the drug Do slang they? world. Special K, is that what they call it? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm, so, I'm so distant from that world, listeners. I know you wouldn't believe it to hear me that I just never knew that. I'm distant from drugs, but I'm interested in language. Yes, okay, <laughs> nice. But w- what does it stand for? Uh, Kellogg's. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. Kellogg's made the special K. Yeah, and actually there's a giveaway to that, isn't there, in the logo, in that they use the K from the Kellogg's brand. Well, you've got it lying around, so you might as well use it twice. It was the world's first high-protein cereal. Wow. (laughs) It's a record of sorts. Yeah. And maybe it's like a memorial cereal to uh, the original Mr. Kellogg himself, because he died the year before it came out. It came out in 1952. Mm. So imagine when you're eating it, you're eating tiny bits of his gravestone. With berry. I quite like Special K, but I don't eat it because I'm on a diet. I eat it because I actually genuinely quite like the taste. Do you dress up in a red swimsuit beforehand? Of course. (laughs) <laughs> but that's my usual day wear anyway Otherwise it doesn't make you thinner <laughs> Is there anything to that? To the it makes you thin thing? Or is it just that it's a relatively non-calorific breakfast cereal So of course eating it rather than four slices of toast and a fried breakfast Is relatively good for you I would not like to speak ill of uh, the Kellogg's Memorial cereal That's right, Kellogg's um, defamation lawyers if you're listening We certainly would not like to do that and do not intend to And I have not enacted a proper study But I would imagine when they recommend special k as part of a diet tool they're recommending a small portion as part of a restricted diet and therefore you'll probably lose weight because you're not eating very much and you're eating healthier than normal yeah but the thing is i end up eating twice as much special k as when i have frosties that's all right just wear two swimsuits (laughs) well here's another question of brands from jess from dorset who says ollie answer me this what is the name of the pringles man (laughs) is he even on the front of the pringles can in the first place is he the founder oh yeah that's right yeah the founder of pringles had a completely oval face (laughs) and a really even moustache and a bow tie even though he wasn't a hipster obviously well it was a different time like the colonel well absolutely although now he'd be an old man but he's never aged like mickey mouse he's never aged has he pringle well i think it's like the queen on the coins they haven't aged her as much as she's aged in real yes. life yeah, they've kept right. her relatively smooth slowed it down it reminds me of like a, one, of, one of these german moustache competition guys yes well his his name is julius pringles oh <laughs> that's the question right okay yeah. and is there a real life julius pringles or did they just 
draw the man and think, let's call him Julius. The latter, yes, that. Right. Uh, he was an invention of the marketing team at Procter & Gamble who needed a logo for their new product and exactly as you said, created him. Uh, however, in a sense, there is a Mr. Pringles because the bloke who designed the tube, the famous tube which keeps the Pringles fresh... And unbroken. He, when he died, asked for his ashes to be sprinkled in a tube of Pringles. So we, in a we've sense, all thought he was about it because urns are like a couple of hundred quid. What flavour do you think he chose? I would go sour cream and chive. I think it would have been one of the traditional. It certainly wouldn't be one of the Pringles extreme flavours, would it? It wasn't sprinkled on crisps, was it? They kept his ashes in the container. Okay. I think it's being sprinkled on anything would be an anathema to Mr Pringle because the whole point of Pringles is that they don't break apart like crisps. Hmm. It's quite good we've done these two questions together because having slagged off Special K, uh, Pringles are now owned by Kellogg's. Oh, that balances it out. Yeah, it does a little bit. And um, if you put milk on Pringles... They're a delicious, healthy <laughs> breakfast, of course. <laughs> Actually, uh, Kellogg's bought Pringles this year. Uh, for $2.7 billion. But they're only like £1.50 at Iceland. <laughs> You're right, they got ripped. Down and lonely, life is so confusing. I need some answers, preferably amusing. Now I find a podcast that will suit. I listen to Helen and Ollie on my half hour commute. Here's a question from another lady who's keeping herself anonymous, but not the same one as earlier. And she says, One of my best friends got completely screwed over by this wanker, and in an angry post breakup state, she gave me his number and told me to exact vengeance. (laughs) So she's outsourcing the revenge. Yeah. I didn't want to just hurl abuse at him because that's boring and probably uncalled for. So eventually. I just went with texting him at 11.30 every day. Right. Starting with just the number 10 and counting down. <laughs> What's a, a number a day? Yeah. So far, it's had the desired effect. He's definitely creeped out and has been speculating over who it could be. Anyway, I've just got to six and realised I have no idea what to do when the countdown finishes. This is what happened to the writers of Lost. <laughs> I don't want it to be too threatening Like I don't want to terrorise him But I need something appropriately funny Slash annoying slash twatty to do Or to send him when it's over I don't think she does I think it'd be amazing just to end it at two (laughs) He'll always be waiting for the one Literally He won't be able to sleep Mm. For fear that he'll hear the ting ting (laughs) It's come It's like Dr Faustus Yes Anyway she also says I've started to worry that it might freak him out too much I don't want him to call the police or anything I think if he went to the police and said Someone is texting me every day with a number below 10 (laughs) I think they would go Oh yes we're going to put our best men on it (laughs) Yeah it sounds like a sketch from Sesame Street doesn't it (laughs) (laughs) So Ollie answer me this Is the countdown perhaps too mean Well it is basically like something out of Final Destination It's very gentle bullying it's not even going 10 you're a prick (laughs) 9 your mother doesn't love you I think this is quite brilliantly weird and I think I agree that you have to do something when you get to one you have done a good job at freaking him out thus far this is a technique that you see with uh, naughty children very often parents are like step away from that I'm I'm gonna count to three one two and they never get to the three because three basically means domestic violence against your children, yeah. doesn't it? I think uh, I think you should go with I know the truth when you get to one. Three, two, one, I know the truth. No, I know your secret because I know the truth sounds a bit too much like That's a religious good. Yeah, uh, okay. sensation. Good. I, yes, I know your secret. That's nice because everyone has a secret mm. and that, that will cause more psychological torment than if you went for something specific. What if he's got a great secret though? 
Like um, he could uh, cure the sick or he'd got someone a really lovely Christmas present but he had to wait three months to give it to them. Who's a stuntman in a famous film? Right. (laughs) Okay, Martin. If it's the cure the sick thing, then he's going to be like, great, glad you know the secret. Let's go into business partnership together, in which case work out well for you. Yeah. Uh, If it's I got someone a good present, it won't be that, Helen. We we know he's a wanker. We know that already. The trouble is with this very interesting psychological game, it's not necessarily... um, the best revenge for your friend because it's not connected to your friend in his mind and it's not telling him off for being a wanker. The problem is he might just think it's spam. That's why you need a hard-hitting final text. Like a fucked your mum. Well, (laughs) I think I know your secret is a little bit more sophisticated. I think a fucked your mum is better. Right, okay. Well, I think we'll know when uh, Martin is doing the anonymous text (laughs) revenge. Well, that's it for this week's Answer Me This. Times up, ding, ding. If you've got a question for next week's show, then all of the details of how to send that to us are listed on our website, answermethispodcast.com. And as we said earlier, maybe lay off the Skype until we fixed it. But what you can do is uh, peruse our albums, which include our first 120 episodes and our special Jubilee and sports day slash olympics themed albums that's right links to all of that on the website plus our twitter and our facebook and our book and all that stuff yeah Yeah. Uh, and we'll see you next week yay Bye. bye